How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. This is a show about wrestling. My name is Chad. With me, as usual, is Leonard. And this week, we are going to be bringing you another one of our ranking lists, as only we can. Right? Yes. This is the top construction gimmicks in pro wrestling. And you might be thinking, well, what constitutes a construction gimmick? Well, we'll go over that as we go over our list. And you might disagree. Or maybe you will agree. Um, there might be some that we left out. Uh, let's talk about that quickly uh, up front. There's a couple guys that we talked about that might not qualify under construction necessarily, um, but you never know. Um, so one of them being uh, a man's man, Stephen Regal, whose vignettes showed him doing manly things, <laughs> you know, and on Wikipedia, he's described as an outdoorsman slash lumberjack. So you might consider that one of these. He's not going to be in our lists. But uh, And then there's Big Josh, who uh, was described as a outdoorsman who talks to bears. So what do you think, Leonard, about Big Josh? Big, Big Josh was Matt Bourne. Um, I, you know, both, both of those – don't quite fit what we're doing, but I'm sure at some point we will do maybe outdoorsmen or rugged men or some sort of other weird ranking that we can slide them into. But rugged men then, sounds like a calendar we're going to bring out at some point. It, yes. <laughs> hey, hey, maybe maybe we can. Rugged <laughs> women as well, perhaps, uh, because as as we go over the list here of the 15 guys that that we do have, I think the people will hear that. Um, there are some very, very loose connections to the idea of construction or tools, and it's not necessarily always the gimmick. Sometimes it's just the name. Exactly. Well, let's jump right into our lists. And yeah. should, should, should we give them the 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 talent that that we're the talent pool that we're drawing off of? Yeah, let's do it in no particular order. Why don't you? Yeah. No particular order, um, just so the people know who we're talking about. Uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Van Hammer, Alexander Hammerstone, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Hacksaw Butch Reed, Bonesaw McGraw, who was Randy Savage's character from Spider-Man, Chainsaw <laughs> Charlie, which was Terry Funk's character he had briefly in the WWE, the Japanese Buzzsaw Tajiri, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, Nails Crowbar, The Architect Seth Rollins, The Wall, because you build a wall. <laughs> I love how you put that in parentheses, by the way. I did, so you know why I put the wall on there. Roadblock, which is road construction, and the tag team of Men at Work, which was comprised of Mark Starr and Chris Canyon. That is correct. So we're going to rank these 15 and I will go ahead and go first okay. here. And I had at number 15, I had Alexander Hammerstone because up until 20 seconds ago, I didn't know who that was, but uh, he was, he's uh, I guess currently in MLW, he's wrestled for a bunch of different promotions. Um, it sounds like you know, somebody that might be the head singer of a power metal band based on that name but uh perhaps he is a good talent i am a little ignorant to mlw talent unless they have made it somewhere else 
So, Leonard, that is who is at number 15. I have Hammerstone a little higher on my list because I have seen him a couple times, so we'll get to him when we get there. At the very bottom of my list at number 15, I have Nails. Oh, wow. See, I, I had Nails a lot higher. Okay. I, See, what this the, is where, we didn't add this. So, I guarantee you, based on how we're starting here, mm-hmm. my criteria for who should be number one and Leonard's criteria for who should be number one are probably totally different things. I'll explain my criteria as we go along. Okay. But, uh, yeah. So I didn't quite adhere to, oh, they have to be very related to their name or their construction-y gimmick or tool gimmick or whatever. I just kind of went with who I liked, who I thought was better in the ring, who was better on the mic. Oh, wow. See, I didn't even – I didn't put in-ring work in there in any way whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we'd said to each other, I think – your own criteria. We did yeah. not want criteria. So we're going to have vastly different lists, but that's what makes it fun. And we maybe Absolutely. even some arguments, which is rare for us. So anyway, I had Nails at the bottom of the list for two reasons. One was I thought he was a, just a horrible character. He was brought into the WWF mainly to just feud with the big boss man in a very comic book style setup. Um, I thought he was bad in the ring. He was bad on the mic. They gave him a distorted voice in the mic. He had a push that got uh, aborted. He was uh, supposed to, uh, from things I read, also feud with The Undertaker and had had run-ins with Ultimate Warrior and Bret Hart. Uh, And the second reason is Kevin Kelly, who played Nails, is is kind of a dumpster fire of a human being. He supposedly (laughs) took out Vince McMahon over a financial dispute, and then that led to him hating McMahon. And, and that led to him man of sexual assault. He accused him of sexual assault and also provided false testimony uh, against Vince during the steroid trials, uh, which was sniffed out by Vince's lawyers. And they managed to, if I remember from what I read, uh, got nails to kind of flip out on the stand and discredit him as, as a witness. So yeah, I, I took in uh, and again, too, even if we're saying construction related, Nails is the name, but he was uh, a convict that was supposed to be "quote unquote" tough as nails, not necessarily a nail. Yes. So I'll tell you, I put him at number nine. Okay. <laughs> and I put him at number nine because I think it's really neat that they spelled nails with a Z at the end. <laughs> for starters, your criteria—that's fine. Spelling. Nails, also, nails are a very important part of construction, mm-hmm. and he occurs on my list in a group of people that like really aren't associated with construction in any way they just have a name that maybe echoes to that in a loose way yes yeah a lot of this is loose we admit that yeah so that i I put him there for that reason everything you said is correct though about him being bad in the ring and bad on the mic and uh being a dumpster fire of a human being um all that is very correct but uh i felt like nails with a z makes me think more of construction i feel like if you didn't see a picture of nails you might think something like, oh man, you know, he might be, <laughs> he might be a construction worker that loves nails. You wouldn't think that at all, but, no, no. but yeah. So I have him at number nine. Nails. You know what would be better at gimmick if he walked to the ring and he like ate nails That's and then spit them out. Yeah. And uh, the boogeyman could eat worms. They could be a tag team. Yes. All right. So my number 14 is Van Hammer. And because Van Hammer has nothing really to do with construction other than the fact that his last name is Van is Hammer. So that's why he's there. It just like nothing about his, his anything has 
anything to do with construction. So that's why I put him where I did. Well, guess what? He's my 14 as well. We matched. <laughs> that's funny. I would not have expected that. No, I mean, well, again, he's he's Van Hammer's Eric Watts bad. Yes. He's not just horrible on the mic and in the ring, but he had a very inflated opinion of himself, according to other talent. I remember hearing a story from uh, a few different WCW guys that he walked into the like the locker room on night one and said he was there to save WCW and didn't happen. Right. Um, I mean, he floated around the company for a surprisingly long time. He was in the flock, which I forgot about. He was in the misfits of act in action, which I forgot about. Um, and yeah, this is a rocker gimmick. It's more of a playoff of Van Halen. But right. since his last name was Hammer, he gets into the list because a hammer is a tool. That's so and, and so is Van Hammer, but in a different way. That's right. Well, my number 13 is Bonesaw McGraw. And I put him here because, well, for starters, this is a movie character. And he only appeared in that one part of that movie. Uh, unfortunately, Randy Savage did not reprise this character in real life, which would have been really neat, but he didn't do that. Uh, Bonesaw is, yes, technically a tool, and so that's why he's here, but uh, we didn't really even, you know, we only saw like one match with Bonesaw McGraw, and he got beat, so, you know, there's not really anything about his gimmick that really was Bonesaw-y, so <laughs> that's not a word, but, uh, you know, I just made it up. So you, there you it's starting to sound like me just making up random words or putting E on the end of words. Yeah. Something. Um, well, Bone Tom McGraw for me was number four. <laughs> number four. <laughs> because it's I, Savage. Is that the reason? I love, see, you know, I love Randy Savage and I love Bone Tom McGraw. I went back and I watched the Bone Tom McGraw portion of Spider Man. I appreciate that. For, for this. Um, yes, it's kind of an odd random cameo. And yes, I, I know most people are going to say that is way too high on my list, but by God, I love this character. I've always wanted to draft Randy Savage in one of those fancy wrestling leagues that I've talked about and use him as Bonesaw McGraw. I have not done that. Uh, I wanted to do Bonesaw McGraw versus uh, Rip from No Holds Barred. Or, or Thunderlips, too, would be good. Um, I mean, but people remember that scene, remember that character to this day. Yeah. It really stands out in the movie. It gets a name check in Savage's Be a Man rap. It does, yeah. And if Bonesaw McGraw was a real wrestler, let's say Randy Savage never existed. He was always just Bonesaw McGraw. He would be over, crazy over. I Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah, I think you're still on your 13. I am on my 13. Which I have to scroll all the way back on my list now because I had to go so far up to find Bonesaw McGraw. So my number thirteen is Roadblock. Oh. I've got to I got to give Roadblock credit for living his gimmick. See, he had a singlet with a sign reading "Dead End" on it, and he carried a Roadblock to the ring. I'm guessing you've got him a lot higher than yeah, I got. My number, he's my number three. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because of what you just mentioned. Yes. Like, this was a person that personified the gimmick. Um, it might not have been a legendary figure in wrestling in any way. But, uh, hey, this is construction gimmicks. And you know what? He was that through and through. So, and he even, like, he brought the horse to the ring, I guess. You know? Yes. The, yeah, the, the, the roadblock or sawhorse uh, to the ring with him. 
he was really just a fat guy, the lame fat guy offense, and he was in short matches on yeah. WCW, B, and C shows. So that's why I had him low, even though I do agree with you. If we were going on pure, just, just fitting our theme and living the gimmick, Roadblock is, 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 a, gr- is a great one. Absolutely. And I do believe at one point, I found that when I was researching, that he was known as the Rochester Roadblock, which that's- I like. That, I like that as well. Um, my number 12 is Crowbar. Now, Crowbar was uh, brought in to WCW in a faction of characters that were supposed to be mentally insane. And uh, Devin Storm yeah. uh, was his name before that. But, uh, you know, he, he was just kind of called Crowbar. He was known for doing death-defying moves and so on and so forth. He participated in a lot of hardcore matches. Solid ring work as far as that goes i mean late wcw era is not have many positive notes and he was kind of just in the shuffle of it all there so like i can't complain about his in-ring work i i watched a few of his matches um but i mean it's just crowbar is just a name because it sounded cool i suppose um so that's why he occurred at number 12 for me he he's at number nine for me because then going on ring work Devin Storm was a guy I had often heard about as kind of a diamond in the rough on the indie circuit. And then he gets to WCW and he's put in the team, as you mentioned, with David Flair and Daphne. And I know that you don't like Daphne, even though you can never remember who she is. (laughs) Uh, That callback, I appreciate it. Yes, but I like the team, you know, and I've drafted them and used them in fantasy wrestling leagues as a low-card tag team. Um, Curveball, I just think, never got – the shot uh, as a singles in the big leagues, I think it would have been interesting to see what he could do today when a wrestler more his size is more common than someone that was doing some of the stuff that he was doing in the ring was more common. Uh, but yeah, I have him a little bit higher because I just, in general, like, like crowbar. I liked what he was doing in WCW and I haven't seen much of his stuff on the Indies, but I like, uh, uh, you know, the stuff that I do know from him. All right, so your number 12. My number 12 is The Wall. Um, I feel like WCW tried to do something with The Wall. Uh, he debuted as a bodyguard for Alex Wright when he was Berlin, so the name plays on The Berlin Wall. Um, he had a different look with the white dress shirt and cut-off sleeves with a black tie. Actually, he looked like he might have been in Right to Censor, who, who we talked about here in the show. Uh, and he had the honor of being in the special main event of Super Brawl against the Kiss Demon, so WCW could fulfill their contractual obligations. Yeah. Um, I have him at number 10. You know, it was kind of a toss up as far as some of the people that part of my list. And the only, like, I have no, I can't really give you a reason as to why he deserves to be at number 10, as opposed to your number 12. Yeah. I mean, the wall was a character that they really tried hard to make into a monster, but he just wasn't, like, for instance, like, if you compare him to somebody like a Kane, like a Glenn Jacobs, like, who was really built and could really do good stuff in the ring, the wall looked like he was hurting people for real and, like, was not very well-rounded in the ring, in my opinion. And, like, it was just kind of a gimmick just kind of thrown at him because of his size. Mm-hmm. Um, so there really isn't a lot of positive notes there. And, yes, the wall, you do build a wall. Um 
this might even be one of those gray area characters, Leonard. <laughs> it could be, but we were trying to get to 15, so I included it. We were. Uh, you know what? Yeah. So if we will replace the wall with uh, a man's man, Stephen Regal. Okay. So so just take the wall out, both our lists, put Stephen Regal in that slot. We're flying there. by the seat of our pants. Yes, definitely. All right. So I believe we're at my number 11. Yes. And I guarantee we're going to disagree here, yeah. but I have like, there is a reason. And my number 11 is Hacksaw Butch Reed. Okay. I got him a little higher. So Butch Reed, great talent in the ring. And as Bruce Pritchard's podcast told us, he was very over in Florida. Um, but uh, Hacksaw, I even looked up this just to see like why he initially had this nickname and I couldn't find a reason. I'm sure there is one. Um, he was just kind of given it, given that nickname early in his career. Um, he did have a feud with another person on our list, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, um, for like based on the Hacksaw name, which I think is funny. Um, but I, you know, I guess I associate Butch Reed more with the natural Butch Reed, which is mm -hmm. probably crazy to some of the older hardcore fans, but I, I don't it, like Hacksaw really has nothing to do with his character. He's just Butch Reed, who's very good in the ring. Um, I never saw him carry a two by four or a saw, to the best of my knowledge. Um, so that's why I have him here. Butch Reed is a, you know, maybe not a legend, but a, certainly a great star of wrestling. Um, but in terms of my criteria of construction gimmicks, I put him here because he just kind of has that name. This is the territory we're getting into my list where the guys just kind of have the name. And it's not really associated. So it's like all these are kind of interchangeable, but that's my number 11. Okay. Well, I had, I had Butch Reed at six. Uh, one, I do think he's a very underrated guy. And I do like the fact that him and Jim Duggan uh, feuded over the name Hacksaw while in Mid-South. Yeah. And during that feud, they wound up flipping uh, allegiances. Jim went face and Reed went heel. Right. They started out. So I think that's just great. That's one reason why I bumped it up here. Um, I found it funny that when Reed showed up in WWF and Duggan was already there, they started going by the natural. Right. Which was kind of a joke because he was a black guy with bleach blonde hair. Uh, and of course, he was in Doom with Ron Simmons. So again, me with my criteria being different, I think Reed deserved to be higher, not just as a worker, but I like the fact that him and Duggan actually had the hacksaw name feud. Even though I don't know a lot about that, but I would love to go find some matches between them uh, and, and live, live some of that feud. All right. You're number 11. So my number 11 is, I am guarantee you, is going to be super high on your list, and it is men at work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I wish I could put these guys higher. Because if anyone on our list, I think they best fit the construction gimmick. They were dressed as yeah. construction workers. Yeah. They brought tools to the ring with them. Uh, Mark Starr was a serviceable journeyman, and of course, Chris Canyon, we would know, would go on to become a very innovative, very underrated talent, uh, but he never just got the right push in WCW or WWE. Uh, maybe we should do Men at Work for a Spotlight at some point. I found plenty of their matches on yeah. YouTube. So, surprise me, where did you have Men at Work? He is my, no they are my number four. Okay. Yeah, and for the reason you mentioned, um, mm -hmm. like, this is the this is the list. That's the gimmick. <laughs> so I put them high for that reason. I, I have to say, to use a term that Leonard usually uses, my, my list does in terms of criteria. Leonard's list is pretty straightforward as far as your criteria. Mine gets wonky in terms of my reasoning 
um, as we as we get deeper right. into it. <laughs> but anyway, um, so we can quickly breeze through a couple of mine here. Well, we'll go back and forth as we usually did. So my yeah. number ten was the wall. What was your okay. number? 10? My number ten was Alexander Hammerstone, right. uh, which I didn't talk about him at the start. Just. I think he's got a great look. I, I think the name is cool. He's the current NWL World Heavyweight Champion at the time of this recording. I think uh, – I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's in the AWE or WWE within three to five years. I think he's a guy with a very high ceiling uh, that's going to get a look because of his look and his size. And he is decent from the things I've seen. So he was my 10. Well, I'll definitely have to check out some of his matches because I am curious. Um, <laughs> my number nine was Nails. My nine was Crowbar. All right. All right. And so we're getting into my number eight, which is mm -hmm. the Japanese buzzsaw, Tajiri. Okay. And uh, Tajiri is a great talent. I, I really like Tajiri a lot. And, uh, I, you know, it's it's a nickname that was very prominently said by Jim Ross um, when he was with WWE. But it's just a name that sounded cool. Where is where is his buzzsaw? Why didn't he carry it to the ring, Leonard? I, I need these are questions I need to know the answer to. Okay, well I had him at number five, and one thing I liked is that he had a move called the buzzsaw kick. So he had a move that was That's true. That's true. So maybe maybe he's a little bit maybe he's a little bit too low on my list. Then. Yeah, and and if I remember right, I think some of the idea behind the buzzsaw nickname was the fact that he was small and fast, but can really cut you down like a buzzsaw. I, like I made that up. Who the hell knows? <laughs> um, you know, I think what hurts Tajiri is the fact that he didn't speak English, but they tried to work around that. They combined him with different people. Um, you know, the team with Regal and the feud with William Regal was great. Yeah. I love I love Regal and Tajiri together. That was fantastic. So I, I had him a lot higher. Uh, well, a bit higher. He was number five. I, I think that Tajiri, um, just to stick with him for a second, like, I think that the deeper he got into the WWE style, the more watered down he became. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't mean in terms of him being used as a comedy figure. I thought that that was great. And I think that you need comedy figures in wrestling, which is why I'm a big Danhausen fan. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that like when they were able to just let him go in the ring, like he was really, really great. But when they got him into like the routine of, you know, the the rope submission hold that he did the uh tarantula rather um and like just some like the wwe style becomes very you know by the numbers yeah after a while and i do think that talent need to kind of flex their muscles a little bit in that regard um but yeah i, I like to jerry a lot anyway but uh what are we on leonard your number eight my number eight which is chainsaw charlie oh uh Pretty much a one-note joke for Terry Funk to be Cactus Jack's tag team partner against the New Age Outlaws in the WWF. Uh, the dumpster match they had was pretty notorious. Um, he was meant to be a takeoff of Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, it's a stupid idea, but it was kind of fun and memorable, even though it was short-lived. And he actually did have a chainsaw, and I'm thinking you gave that a lot of points. Yeah, I did. He was my number two. <laughs> He carried a chainsaw to the ring. I loved this gimmick. I really did. I love Terry Funk. Mm -hmm. um, but this gimmick was just so hilarious to me. Uh, the, like, the fact that they were trying to, like, they didn't, like, you know, at first they don't really want you to think it's Terry Funk, but then they just admit it and, like, it's obvious who it is. It's just, 
I, I love that whole, like the hardcore match that he had with, um, I believe it was Cactus Jack. Uh, they were yeah. a team, obviously, yeah. but uh, he, they did have a match on Raw that was just a barn burner. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Chainsaw Charlie was was great. It's in the name. He brought it to the ring. When you first hear him enter, you, you hear the chainsaw. Come on. And he came out of a box. And as Jim Cornette tells us, anyone who came comes out of a box is over. That's right. I know Jim has the story of uh, how he told Kevin Dunn, producer for WWE, people are going to know who he is. And I was like, nobody knows who Charity Funk is. He hasn't been here in a decade. Nobody knows who he is. And the split second he appears, people start chanting Terry Funk's name. Right. <laughs> right. Um, I believe we're at my number seven. We're at seven. Which is it? Which is the architect, Seth Rollins? Okay. Who wasn't? wasn't a real architect, Leonard. Um, no. So I, I just uh, like it was a cool name. I'll admit that. And Seth Rollins is one of the best talents in the world right now. Uh, certainly, he would be in a top ten conversation. Um, uh, I think. He, he's very great, great in the ring, and you know I actually like the character he's doing now. The, uh, I mean, they call him Seth Freakin' Rollins now, even in logo. But what do they call him, the Mister Drip Drip or the King of Drip Drip, whatever the whatever. It's something like that. He's he's wearing like I said, his jacket at WrestleMania looked like he skimmed the Cookie Monster. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I I love his outfits to the ring, and I think that you know he and Cody Rhodes are doing great stuff i'm anxious to see that hell in the cell match coming up um but yeah that's why i have him here because again like like tajiri and nails and the wall and hacksaw butch reed all these guys are like the name but you know on my list you need to really live that gimmick okay i had him at three and i thought i was gonna get crap for having him at three uh like that was too low people people watching and listening would be like ah it's too low and you you know what you would think that i would think too i was thinking too hard about how to reason my list this actually came really easy to me (laughs) like i was just like you know what who lived the gimmick you know this it really was it was really fast so maybe that's probably not a good thing but uh well again you you consider it different than than i do i mean i'm not a big seth rollins fan i recognize he's a great talent i just don't like how WWE has used him most of the time right um he feels like a guy who plays at being a wrestler than actually just being a wrestler uh but i can't deny he's got talent uh usually this nickname of the architect is that he's the architect of the shield he's the guy that put it all together. And I think they could do more with the nickname, like how he can, like maybe he's the architect because he can put a match together or a feud together, or he has a blueprint for taking over the WWE or something well, like that. Well, he could bring a blueprint to the ring, Leonard. Yes, he can. It's higher on my list if he did. A loaded blueprint. And he hits, yeah. him, hits him with the blueprint. A loaded blueprint. <laughs> it's got a pipe in it? Yeah, a pipe. It's a blueprint wrapped around the pipe. And he hits people with it. I mean, that may be a little bit cheesy, but I think there's a lot more they can do with the architect nickname. And I do agree with you. I just think the architect is just a cool name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very cool name. If I was ranking terms of coolness, he would be higher. Yes. Um, so we are on your number seven? My number seven, which is uh, Jim the Anvil Nightheart. A very underrated less wrestler because he was primarily the second guy in tag teams. He was in the Hart Foundation with Bret Hart, of course, and the New Foundation with Owen Hart, and kind of a filler in that Hart Foundation stable they had there in the, in the mid-90s. Um, he was a competent power wrestler, a great tag team technician, uh, who I don't think is ever considered as such because he's 
a power wrestler. Uh, he probably could have done more with the Anvil nickname and his imagery and his promos. I remember him occasionally saying something like, you know what, getting an Anvil dropped on you feels like it's not good, you know, and that's what I'm like, something like that. So he would occasionally use the Anvil name. Uh, but, uh, and again, I've told, I've told the Jim, the Anvil Nightheart story on the show before, uh, but, uh, Anvil's my son. All right. So yeah, my, uh, number six and number five are kind of interchangeable. Um, but, uh, I, I put, um, I'll get to Jim Nightheart. Let's just say I'll get to him when we get to that number. Okay. Um, my number six is Greg the Hammer Valentine. Okay. Um, and again, like my, I'll just say, Jim the Amazon Heart is my number five. Those are pretty okay. interchangeable. I don't even the, the reasoning, like I said, is is very out there. Um, you know, I, I like Greg the Hammer Valentine a lot, and uh, you know, I thought in terms of like the elbow that he used to mm-hmm. use all the time, like it very much personified like a hammer. Like, and I think his in ring style reflected that. And you know, just to move things along, the reason I put Jim the Amazon Heart at number five, it's ridiculous. He re- like he kind of reminds you of an anvil. Like his 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 style in the ring even reflects like a power you know guy who could just kind of bowl yeah. you over. It doesn't make any small, sense. My own thought. Uh, Greg Valentine was my number two. We've oh, talked wow. about Valentine a lot in the past, mainly his WCW run, uh, but he's overall to me one of the all time greats. Just an amazing worker who worked a very traditional style, but managed yeah. to continue to work that style. And that type of character through the 90s. Uh, sometimes a hammer would be part of his logo or imagery, uh, but they would do more with the heart for the Valentines. But I do remember him having a logo at one point that had like a hammer running through the middle, like the Greg on top and the Valentine on the right. bottom. I always thought him and Greg Knight and Jim Nightheart, oddly enough, should be a tag team. The hammer and the anvil just goes together. It does. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, to me, he just won the all time greats, and that's why I had him at number two. All right, so what's your uh, number six then, Leonard? So number six is, is Hacksaw Butcherite, who we talked about. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, then I already went over my number five, which my is... My five is Tajiri, who we talked about. All right, and so then we get into the top of our list, which some of them we already mentioned, of course. Uh, my mm-hmm. number four was Men at Work. Uh, the guys that are top of my list, for the most part, are guys that really personify this list. So... So my four is Bonesaw McGraw, who we talked about. Yep. Uh, my number three was Roadblock. I mean, come on. He's probably, yeah. he's probably going to be in the YouTube title picture. He, he needs to be. Him him and Mel work both personified great. My three was Seth Rollins, which we mentioned. Uh, my yep. two was Greg Valentine, who I just talked about. Yep, and my number two is Chainsaw Charlie. And it's so, hilarious to me that our lists are so different. But yet our number ones are the same, and that would be Hacksaw Jim Duggan, because when we talked about this list, this is the name that kind of came to mind early on. Yeah, I think he was the the, the first one. And you know what? Jim Duggan deserves to be number one at something, right? Right. Um, He carries a two-by-four. He kind of reminds you of, like, a construction worker, not really – in how he dresses, but just his overall appearance. Um, he kind of personifies that type of guy, that kind of blue collar, hardworking guy um, who is also really tough. So I, I, you know, I think that, you know, early Jim Duggan is yeah. really great stuff. Like mid South Jim Duggan, like if you're only um, 
like knowledge of Jim Duggan is WWF, then you really should go back and look at some of that mid South stuff because, you know, he, he did some great work with Butch Reed and Ted DiBiase and, and other guys like that. So, so yeah, I mean, he was just kind of a natural, no pun intended, Butch Reed, uh, natural number one for me. Leonard. Yeah. I mean that, this is where I kind of went with gimmick plus talent and popularity and overness met for me was putting him at number one as you mentioned he carries a two by four to, to the ring and i've been at shows conventions with duggan and he and he bring he has two by fours cut in thirds and he autographs them that's really cool. i had the boy two by four when i was little the one that they used to sell yeah that yeah they used to have those so that was always part of his marketing and his gimmick and his imagery right. um you know he can't sell a hacksaw or you can't take a hacksaw to the ring. So the two by four, which you would cut with a hacksaw, I think that was a really smart thing to do to give him a prop. Uh, it was something extremely memorable. It was something that he could use in a match or that um, an opponent could steal and use against him in a match. Um, you know, the Duggan with the two by four alone has to be number one for me. But as you mentioned, uh, his stuff in Mid-South is really good. He was a different style and character in WWF, but he's always over. Even later right. in WCW, when he became kind of a low-card joke, he was still over as hell whenever he would go to the ring. Yeah. And, and he had a brief run in the mid-aughts in WWE, and he was still crazy, crazy over. Right. Um, I was actually at a house show in Wheeling during that period. He curtain-jerked against Rene Dupree. And when Duggan came out, the, like the lid blew off the place. Right. Yeah, he was he was always very over with the crowd. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just thinking, as you were mentioning, selling hacksaws. Like, it would be crazy if they'd actually sold little foam hacksaws. And, you know, then you have kids at home playing with real hacksaws. That's a liability nightmare. <laughs> right there. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> but I think hacksaw Jim Duggan sounds cooler than two by four Jim Duggan. <laughs> or yeah, that is going to be added to our favorite dreams list. P piece of wood, piece of wood, Jim Duggan. Piece of wood, Jim Duggan. Um, you know, and I've seen the meme, and I'm sure a lot of our viewers have as well, uh, that says that with lumber prices today, Hacksaw Jim Duggan is worth more than the million dollar man Ted DiBiase. Yeah, I've seen that as well. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so Hacksaw Jim Duggan is our number one. We went over some of our gray area characters. If there's any that you feel like we really forgot, now, granted, this wasn't just occupation gimmicks because that would have been a much longer list yes um this was construction kind of carpentry type gimmicks so let us know if you think we forgot anybody and uh, we'd love to hear from you let us know what your list would look like uh if you so choose and next week we'll probably be bringing you a rebook we'll uh, leave you in suspense as to what that is for right now uh but for leonard my name is chad and check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Click the like button on our YouTube video and subscribe to our stuff. We will see you next week, and Alexa will see you out. <laughs>